If not, turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 29th chapter, 18th verse. We're going to read just one verse there. We have some other scripture. It's on our heart and mind. You're going to have to bear with us just a little bit. Let us do what the Lord would have us to do. Um, preach that that he would have us to preach. 29th chapter and the 18th verse of the book of Proverbs. Give you just a moment to turn there. We was thinking a lot through this week about the direction that God would give uh, us this morning. I thought about last week, lived on that. You know, many times I reflected back about what a good service that we had had. And, uh, and then I began to think, but Lord, I know that's not the end. You don't just give us one blessing, but you continually have what we need for every moment. You have what we need for today and for tomorrow and for every day hereafter. Proverbs 29, 18th verse says, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, I'd like for just a, a few minutes to talk, just to preach a minute on this verse, and then maybe go where the Lord, I, I believe, would have us to go. But I begin to think about uh, the word vision. Now, now something... Uh, I don't know, some conversation I had in the last week or so uh, brought up a, a quote that a gentleman told me one time. He said, you either choose to live in vision or you live in your circumstances. Now, just let that sink in. He's a smart guy. He's smarter than I am. Got a doctor in front of his name. He's had all these degrees. And he happens to be, I think, the, the, the preacher or leader that uh, speaks to the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. And I got to meet him one time. And, is really smart, and he said that, and it kind of stuck with me. You either live in vision, or you live in circumstances, and, and you choose which one you want to be. In other words, if you live in circumstances, you're always just reacting to the situations that you're in. You're always just reacting to whatever life throws at you. But when you live in vision, you can live where God wants you to be. You're living above the circumstances, if you will, because that's not what's holding you down. But but as I was reading the scripture, it kind of jumped out at me. That's not just what it's talking about. It's not just talking about that we need to have a church vision. And we're going to do these things this coming year, and, and, and that's going to lead us through. At school, uh, in the school business, we have a vision. We have a mission statement. Most businesses have a vision and a mission statement. It's what they're trying to accomplish. Somebody told me the other day, I don't know who the conversation was with, they were talking about Chick-fil-A's vision statement. doesn't even have anything to do with chicken in it. It's got to do with doing what God called them to do. And I thought, well, that's a, a success. Uh, their success is often based on not how much chicken they sell, but how much they serve the Lord, and he does the rest. Amen. And, but, but this scripture is not about having the church to have a vision. Uh, because I want you to know, if you're a Christian... Born again of God, he's already set the vision. Um, we have something we call the Great Commission. Y'all know the Great Commission, right? He said, go you therefore and teach all nations. we got a job to do. We're supposed to share that Jesus is the Lord and he is the Savior and the only way to get to heaven. We already got a job to do. We already got a vision statement. If we did a vision statement for Mount Moriah, it's we're to do what he's called us to do. That, that's it. I mean, they, there's not much else to it. But, but it says here in the scripture where there is no vision, the people perish. So evidently there was something important there that he wanted them to know. What is it that would cause us to perish? What kind of vision must this be? Uh, if they have direction, and at this point in time, 
God had already set up direction for them. He'd give them uh, the prophets to preach the word to them. They had direction. What is he talking about here? And, and so I began to just really uh, just study in on that, on that word vision, and it began to hit me in the book of Proverbs. That's prior to the Bible being given uh, to, to, to God's people. That's a time in which they had to have other people to tell them what God was saying. Now, aren't you glad today you ain't got to wait on Brian to come tell you what God has to say to you? Now, you ought to be, because I might mess it up. Amen? Aren't you glad you ain't got to depend on some priest in some little booth to tell him all your problems? Right. I'm glad that I can call on him. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. Aren't you glad? Now, they required somebody to have a, a vision, if you will, from God and then tell them what to do. In other words, here when it says where there is no vision, it's not talking about the direction. It's not talking about uh, some way of doing things or going. What it's talking about is hearing from God. Now think about that. Now where there is no hearing from God, the people perish. It takes on a little bit of different meaning there. Now I want you to get a hold of this. Where there is no way to get the word of God, the people perish. Now, you don't believe me, we can take a moment and we can just step outside the church and we can look at the world. You say, well, the world's flourishing. Well, this is not talking about, first of all, it's not talking about material wealth. It's not even talking about physical life and death. It's not talking about perishing as if they just pass away and die. Because the Bible says we're all going to die. So, so that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about a different kind of death. It's talking about a death on the inside. A, a spiritual death. A, a relational death. A death of vision and focus. Now, now let me just get it, let me get it down where you can understand me. Now, I, I know it's a little bit teachy-preachy this morning. I apologize. But the Lord said, you've got to explain these things so that then you can get to the Word of God. Now, the Word's coming. So hold on, okay? Now, we're reading the Word of God, but you just hold on just a minute, but you got to get this far. If you leave out the Word of God out of your life, if you leave out the direction, the voice of God out of your life, there's some things going to begin to die. First of all, you're going to have some pretty bad relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you get away from God and quit hearing from His voice. There, there's some things in your, your marriage is going to suffer. Your relationship with your, your mom and dad, your brothers and sisters, and your friends is going to suffer. You ain't going to be happy like with yourself, let alone with other people. Any of y'all ever got that say, you just ain't happy with anything? Okay, don't ask yourself. Ask, ask the person that knows you the best and let them tell you. Any of y'all ever got in that place, you just wasn't happy with nothing. You just wasn't satisfied. Felt tired all the time, felt depressed, felt like you had just nothing going on. You ever felt that way? You know what's happening is there's a perishing going on. <coughs> the, the Bible says that, that Jesus come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly. Now, now that, that phrase, people misuse it, they overuse it, and use it all the time. But you need to understand, it's talking about more than you currently are. To get, bring you life, amen, I got life when I got saved, praise the Lord. But, but to give it more abundantly. What does that mean? That means my relationships are better. That means when I go home, I'm happy and I got joy in my life. That, that means instead of all this decay and things that I'm feeling on this side, are not feeling that way anymore. And I want you to know that you let life circumstances happen to you and you lose the word of God, the vision, you'll begin to feel death in your life. And you'll be unhappy. 
You lose your zeal. You lose your purpose. I want you to know what happens is when you lose the voice of God, the devil then has an opportunity to come in and begin to build a stronghold. Now we're about to get to the word. Y'all hang on with me. Y'all, everybody needs to hear this now because we all have the same problems. We all have the same God that we're looking towards, but we all have the same devil that we're fighting against. And so what I'm telling you is, is when the word of God doesn't begin to come into your heart and come into your life, that the devil then has an opportunity to move in in its place. Nothing stays the same. Life is not about complacency. You may think it is, but if your life is complacent, let me tell you what's happening is the devil's moving in and he's putting up some blocks. He's building a stronghold. Now, now here's what happens is the strongholds come into our life. Now, I could sit here and I could pinpoint for you, here are some strongholds, and you may have one of these things. But I really don't have to do that. Because it takes the Holy Spirit about half a second for, for the word stronghold to come up, for something to come into your mind and think, you know, that's what's always bringing me down. That's what I constantly dwell on. You know, let me tell you what a stronghold does. A stronghold changes what your identity is. That's what a stronghold does. But for example, uh, somebody who, who has a problem drinking alcohol, what do we call them? An alcoholic. Yeah. It changed their identity. Somebody who has a problem with drugs, we, we, what do we say? We say they're an addict. It changed who their identity is, who we see them as. Your strongholds in life, if you allow them uh, to be built and the devil to keep them there, he'll tell you a bunch of lies that you're somebody that you're not. And that's what the devil does. He, he lies to you, and you begin to believe his lies, and, and he's building these strongholds in your life. And you think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? This stronghold is in my life. And so it's, it's now changed your identity, and you're now somebody, and you just say, that's the way I am. Now, I'm telling you, the world's lying that lie all left and right. Yeah. I'm just that way. That's the way I was born. Amen. We'll just go on, preacher, preach it. It's the truth, amen. Yeah. Amen, that's what's happening. Yeah. And it's not just with big things. We could talk about the big things. We could talk about the homosexual movement. We could talk about all those things. But the reality is, uh, some people just say, well, I just got a problem with that. About things that we just we just look over. We just glance over. Well, that's just the way he is. That's just the way she is. Not, that's not your identity because that's not who God created you to be. That's right. Now what you've done is you've allowed the devil to move in because you took the word of God out of your life and he's built some strongholds and now you believe his lies. Amen. Good preaching right there. That's the truth. Yeah, it's just the truth. We've now, we've now replaced the word of God, the voice of God. There is no vision and so now what we have is death. And so the devil's moved in and he's built some mighty strongholds in your life. And you try to knock it down, but what the problem is is that stronghold just won't seem to go away. Now, stronghold, we might think of things as, as uh, uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, 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 pornography, uh, adultery. We might think of these big things, but there's also self-worry and there's doubt. Yeah. Those things, the devil can put a stronghold in life and say, you're just not worth a whole lot. They're just not very valuable. They just don't need you at the church. They don't even know if you're not there. I don't know how many times I have felt somebody just moved, just left the church because they felt <coughs> that what the devil was telling them was the truth. But that's not who God created them to be. First mm-hmm. Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, it says this. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which accordingly to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Preacher, you just read a bunch of verses. I don't know what you're talking about. Can I tell you this? You're not who the devil says you are. So who are you? Well, that scripture tells me that you are kept. That you are an heir. That you have the power to overcome. Now, I want you to know that stronghold may seem like a really big stronghold. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want you to know, unless you start listening to what God has to say about you, you're going to listen to what the devil says about you. You're going to listen to you because you're going to be chiming in with the devil. Every time you say, well, I'm just this who I am. This is, well, this is, this is the way it is. I've tried. I've tried and I've tried. Can I tell you, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. Because that's not who God created you to be. That's not who God wants you to be. That's not who he has deemed you to be. That's not who he sanctified you to be. But the stronghold looks big. I was thinking, as, as Brother Jeremy was teaching Sunday this morning, book of Joshua chapter 6, really, really good scripture, talks about the walls of Jericho. The walls of Jericho. I'm going to show y'all something. I'm, I'm just crazy. I just had to put up crazy guys. And I I was looking at this church. I don't know. Do any of you brothers know? Tell me from, from the stage how far it is to that back wall. Do y'all know how long this is right here? Anybody got an idea? I'm going to step it off. That's an old country thing to do, ain't it? Step's about three feet. Now, I told you y'all got to put up with crazy. I want to show y'all something. Walls of Jericho was a huge, huge wall. Huge, huge wall. As a matter of fact, they've, they've dug it up. They, they, they went, they dug it up, and they know how structurally these things were built. Now, this is a picture. The walls of Jericho falling down is a picture of what? God taking his people and saying, I'm going to give you victory. Right? That's what happened. A victory that they won? No. Victory that he won. Matter of fact, he told Joshua, before the walls fell down, I have already given them into your hands, and the wall's going to fall. If you'll just be obedient and listen to me. Isn't that pretty much? Right? It's already done. It's a done deal. So it's a picture of overcoming a great stronghold. The, the city of Jericho sat on a hill. And it was a strong fortified city. It had really, really big walls. These walls were about 17 foot tall. Now they're built onto the hill, so you're already lower than that. So they're 17 foot tall. But the top of them is described as being uh, wide enough for two chariots to run side by side. So, so we're just saying it's about five to seven foot. Why? So it's about, it's about right here. Why? That's how wide that wall is. Now these guys have swords and they got, they got bow, but, and, and they're gonna fight this wall. And now it's, it's taller, it's, it's out of the church. It's a big, big two-story tall wall and it's this thick. But they dug it up and it's not just that. Before you got to the wall, there was a pit. Now that pit was, was about 12 foot deep, but it was about 17 foot wide. So now we're, we're about, there's three, there's four, there's five. So we're down about right here. 
So that was the back bed. Now I want you to see here's the picture. That is what you have to overcome. Right? That's what had to be overcome. From back here. Hey, I want to I don't know why y'all built the church way you built it. I don't know who told you to build the size you built it, but it's a pretty picture because this is the picture that I get. You can sit on this back bench, but you ain't too far to get to that altar. You can sit on this back bench with every stronghold, with every problem, with everything going wrong in your life, with every health problem, with every concern in the world, with family members broken and leaving you behind. You can sit on this back bench, and you ain't too far that you can't get right. to where God can save you. Right. You can't get to where God can overcome. I'm telling you, that probably seemed like an obstacle that they could not overcome. That probably seemed like a stronghold that they could not tear down. <clears throat> but we know what happened to the wall. I want you to know there's no stronghold in your life that God can't overcome. That's right. And when you read Joshua chapter 6, this is what you hear. That when they marched around the walls on the seventh day for the seventh time, that the wall fell down flat. Now I want y'all to get the picture. It's a big tall, it's about 17 foot. It's five foot wide. And it fell flat outward. Y'all know what that means, right? That it covered up the hole. That's what happened. The wall fell. And the giant chasm that was between them and getting in the city is now filled with the wall. The Bible says that they then walk straight into the city. They just walked right across the wall. The wall fell flat. And they walked across the top of it as if they had a paved way to get to the city. In other words, God already has a way over your greatest obstacle. And that that you see as being the problem in their life will lead to your solution. The, the only thing here is, is you just got to get to the Word of God. There's no distance too great, no problem too big. Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read one scripture. I'm going to be done in just a minute. I'm going to say, wow, he preached short. <coughs> Luke chapter 11, verse 21 through 22 says this. When a strong man armed keeps keepeth his palace. His goods are in peace. Now don't you get that? There's a, there's a strong guy or a knight. He's got weapons or whatever, right? And when he stands guard over his stuff, everything's safe. Yeah. But verse 22 says, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his fools. Now I want you to see this picture that God gave me. So, so here's the thing. In your life, if you're the only thing that's standing between you and the devil, he's going to come upon you as being stronger. Now, most of his stuff is lies, but he's crafty and he's good at it. But here's the difference. And so if you go back and read all of that chapter, read chapter Luke, chapter 11. I've never seen this before. It kind of jumped out at me. I, God's not talking about you protecting against the enemy. What God is saying is, is the enemy has you convinced that you can't get out of where you're at. Hear me. The enemy has you convinced that you can't win. But God is stronger than the enemy. Right. No devil looks like a strong man standing there guarding his goods. But when God comes along, he takes away his weapons. 
Yeah, read that scripture. Go back and look at that in Luke chapter 11. He takes away his weapon and he runs fleeing from him. Listen, all you got to do is get back to God. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to perish. That's all you got to do is get back to God. Carry your burdens to God and let him take care of them. Quit trying to fight the old devil on there. We can say all we want to say. We can have a 12-step plan, a 7-step plan, a 3-step plan. We can make all the resolutions we want to make. Yeah. And what are we going to do? We're going to fall flat on our face. Right. But when we go back to God mm-hmm. and let God's word begin to lead <laughs> our lives, he'll lead us in vision rather than in circumstances. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what they felt like? Abby was talking about this morning, and I've just been it over and over in my mind what it must have been like to say there's no way you know there were people in there that doubted there had to be some people who just said those walls ain't gonna fall down and now all of a sudden they're walking across them you may be one of those doubters and in your life you think well if that preacher he's preaching a good message but but he just don't know he just don't know what i've been through he just don't know where i've been can i tell you it's not a big enough wall it's not a big enough wall because he is the one that tears down strongholds. Mm. He's the one that tears down strongholds. You've been trying on your own and it's like throwing rocks against the big wall and they've been bouncing off. Can I tell you, this news is good news and it's his news for you. You ain't whoever the devil said you was. You're who he says you are. That's who he wants you to be and that's who he's got for you to be. But you got to be willing to get back to the Word of God. you got to be willing to get back to Him. Only He speaks things into existence and tears things down with His words. Only He does. All we can do is just keep doing the same old fight we've been doing. And you've been going in circles doing that fight over and over again. Why are you still defeated? Why are you still defeated? The victory is already won. The victory is already His. Come get a verse of song, brother. Why, why are you still continuing in the same path? Why continue to feel that same weight on your shoulders? God is the only one who can get you where you're at yeah. out of there. He's the only one that tears down the walls that are too big. I, there, there's a great video on YouTube of this guy. He's such a good talker. But he says something in there. He says, God's the one that takes a mess and makes a message out of it. That stuck with me. He takes the mess of your life and turns you into an inspirational message for others. Abby and I have been through heartache. We have had all kinds of problems in life. We had a child born with with, with a terrible disease and watched his life as, as such a challenge. And what a message God took that mess and turned it into. God's the only one that takes brokenness and makes new beautiful things. Mm-hmm. He's the only one. He, he does his best work. He does his very best work with the most pitiful situations. That's what God does. Yeah. That's what he does for you mm-hmm. and does for me. All we have to do is go to him. Right. Get back to the word. Stand with us all over the house as they sing this verse.